amen, amen. Thank God for grace tonight. By grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself, but it's what? It's a gift of God. You would turn to the word of the Lord with me tonight to the book of Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33, verse 20. I have a lot of verses to go over tonight. I will certainly try to teach you this evening in a timely manner. But if you will be students with me and follow along in Scripture, I believe God's going to take us somewhere in the Spirit. How many want to know God? Not a religion, but know God. I mean, oh, Christianity can be a religion. Amen. But we want a relationship with God. Above all else, amen. Paul made a statement in Philippians. He said, that I may know him. Everybody say, know God. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to know God. I don't want to stand before God and he look at me and say, I never knew you. I mean, oh, that's in Scripture. Ye that work iniquity, I want to know him. How many believe we're the bride of Christ? Amen. Amen. Verse 20. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me. And what? Live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me. That's a powerful statement. How many believe that? It's almost like Psalms 25. In one translation, he said, There is a place preserved for you with me. God said to Moses, There is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in a cliff." of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by and I will take away mine hand and thou shalt see my back parts but my face shall not be seen he said Moses you led him out of Egypt ten plagues were done through your hand Moses you've done many great things but I've got a place for you by me a preserved place, a place of relationship, a place of revelation, a place of understanding, a place of understanding how I think, how my heart beats, the things that I love and the things that I know. There's another verse before you're seated. The Bible tells us that he revealeth his secrets unto his prophets. I believe there's a place in God where God said, now there's some things I want to share with you that I haven't shared with everybody. How many believe there's things that we can find out about him in a relationship with him? Amen. Cindy knows things about me that no one else knows about me. I know things about Cindy that no one else knows about her. You know why? Because we're in a relationship. That's right. The secrets of God. Today I'd like to preach to you on this subject, a place with God. A place with God. Would you forget about your neighbor? 
The Bible says, lift your heart with your hands. And I want you to lift toward him just like this. And tell the Lord, I want to be in that place with you. I want to know you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I want to know you. I want a relationship with you. God, I want to know what you desire for my life. Oh, for you declare the end from the beginning. What is it, God, you have in store for me? Come on, pray to him. Take a moment and pray collaboratively in this room. Oh, we want you, God. We want to know you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. God bless you as you are seated. Knowing God, to know God, the magnificence of God, the majesty of God. How many has ever made the statement, I know him? Come on. How many of us have ever said, I know Jesus? But do we know the fullness of him? Do we have God completely figured out today? I believe our level of satisfaction in knowing him is based upon our searching for him. Our searching for him. Amen. I don't want to ever stop searching him. I don't want to ever stop, as Isaiah said, seeking him. Seek the Lord while he may be found. I don't want to get to a place where I'm just a church goer. Oh, we got church tonight. We better get up and go to church. Uh, oh, we just go to church and go to church and go to church. And Oh, I need to get my Bible reading in. It's all about you, but it's not about him. I mean, no, this is not about us. This is about knowing him. I don't want to become just a traditional and religiosity of just going to the church, going to the church, to the church, to the church, to the church, church, church. Amen. But we want to get to know him. I remember when I was a young man, a preacher preached, and he was talking about knowing God. He said, do we really know all there is to know about God? I remember as a young, hungry, young preacher, and I thought to myself, I like to think that I know him, but there's so much more to know about him. When you think that God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth in its vastness with all of its science and, and all of its details and they're still finding creatures on the bottom of the sea they didn't know existed. It seemed like every few months, and I, I love to study animals, and, but I hear about something new they found at the bottom, bottom of the ocean. And Finn said something yesterday. He said, uh, just a few days ago, he said, do you think there's going to be as many frogs in heaven as I want there to be? He's seven years old, you know, he... You know, I remember one time Jillian, just a little, little tiny girl, she come riding her bicycle down, and I was sitting on the porch watching her. She's riding up down the sidewalk. She stopped by. She said, you think I'm going to be able to ride my bike in heaven, Daddy? Then she stopped a little bit later. She said, do they serve cupcakes there? I said, I think so. I think so. I think there's cupcakes there. Can I get a witness from anybody that thinks there are cupcakes there? I know there's going to be coffee there. Glory to God. Glory to God, there's going to be some coffee, amen. You, you non-coffee drinkers, you got to get saved before you leave here tonight, amen. We don't need to have a church split, just calm down here. I like iced tea. God can save you too, amen. 
heaven, heaven, and the, the unsearchable things, the, the limits of God, and to think that God, Brother John, and created the suns and the moon and the stars. And our closest star is the sun. A greater day by light by day and a lesser light by night, the moon. And to think that the sun is 93 million miles away. And that you've got a, uh, our solar system and the galaxy that we are in. And they find thousands of other galaxies now with the, their, their science and technology of telescopes that can reach far, far distance through the, through the view of a telescope and find other galaxies and, and to think that God did that all. Isaiah said he created heaven all by himself. And you can't even cook a meal without burning it. Amen. <laughs> I thought that was funny, but some of you say, I can't believe he's talking about my cooking. Amen. We, we, we keep messing up. Anybody messed up this week on something? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he's perfect in all his ways. The Bible says that he measured heaven with the span of his hand from here to here. The span of his hand. That heaven is his throne. The earth is his footstool. And to understand the greatness and the vastness of God that so big that the heavens and the heavens of heavens can't what? Contain him. He's God. He's omniscient. Means he's all knowing. He's omnipresent. Means he's everywhere. Uh, he, he is uh, uh, omnipotent, which means he's all powerful. Amen. And you might be able to lift a lot of weights, but there, there's a limit to it. All you strong guys in the room, you're only so strong. And the older you get, I'm digging a hole tonight. I'm going. Cindy, I hope there's a restaurant open. I can get out of this room real fast and go eat or something when I'm done. We are limited. And if we're not careful as Christians, we'll find ourselves stopping searching him. Over 7 billion people in the world, you think he's going to have all different types of doctrines for us to no, and you know, you can just, somebody can choose the Quran and somebody else can choose the Buddhism and somebody else can choose that and they're okay as long as they find some path of faith. No, no, no. How many know there's a one way? Do you still believe in the Bible? Come on. How many of you believe in the Bible? When I was a kid, we sang the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. I stand upon the word of God. Come on, if you love his word, you ought to shout about his word. Amen. The Word of God, Brother Tyler. The Word of God written, written by 40 different authors. The Old Testament itself, the Old Testament itself over, covers 3,600 years of man's day and written over a 1,500-year period. Period. It's written on in three different continents by, by authors from peasants to kings. And, and uh, Old Testament, 39 books of the Old Testament, 27 books of the New Testament. Good way to remember that is the old has three letters in it and testament has nine letters in it. 39, Old Testament. That was free. That didn't cost you anything. Everybody say 39. 39. New Testament, New Testament. New has three letters. Testament has nine letters. What's three times nine? 27. That's right, 27 books of the New Testament. Add that together, 66 books of the Bible. 
And the Bible says we will stand in judgment. And every man shall be judged according to his works, according to that word. Don't you let anybody tell you the word of God is not important. We need the word of God. We need the word of God. Come on, I still believe Deuteronomy 6. Teach it diligently unto thy children. When thou risest up, when thou liest down, the word of God needs to be in our hearts. To know someone. All you young people here thinking about dating, courting, whatever you call it. You have to get it. You have to understand. You just can't sit and bat your eye at them. Can't just wink at them all the time. Hold their hand. You got to get to know them. That's why you got to be careful before you start kissing, before you start talking. Amen. You get you in trouble. Just getting quiet right now. But that's our problem in the world. They 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 they're all emotional, but they don't want to get to know anybody. People can be in the same room texting each other. Are y'all with me? People have thousands of connections and they don't have any friends. Because we're living in a techno world of shallow relationships. We're not getting to know anybody. And if we're not careful, the same culture of, of family relationships and friend relationships and all that leaks into the church and you'll go to church and not know him. Go to church and not even read your Bible. Go to church and never bend your knee and talk to God in prayer. Just, just no time for the Lord and just rushing in and rushing out and five minute prayers and feel great about everything. I'm gonna tell you what we need right now is a revival of a hunger for God to know him, to get to know him. Oh, I wanna know him, Brother Gio. Amen, amen. I remember when Cindy and I started dating, we'd, we'd call each other on the phone and talk. I'd be traveling, evangelizing. I'd call her and talk. It wasn't long until, you know, just didn't want to hang up. Longing to see my future bride. There ought to be something in us. You get all teary-eyed over your bride or your husband. You get all emotional over somebody in your world that you love. We don't get a hunger to know God. Fasting and prayer was compared to the bride and the groom. And let me teach you tonight. Fasting and prayer was compared, compared to the bride and the groom. And he said that when the groom was taken away to war, he said, doesn't the bride not, does, does she not fast because of the longing in her heart for her husband? See, back in the Bible days when they would get married, they would take off war for one year. And that's fight their own war, Amen. That was funny too, but they don't laugh like I want them to laugh, you know. They take, they take, they take, off, they take a year off of the military out of the war, Brother Nehemiah, to build a bond, a relationship. After a year of bonding, the husband would go back to war and you could hear her crying from without, longing for her husband. The Bible says that she would fast, not because she... She, she was ignoring food, but just she lost her appetite because she has such a long... How many ever lost your appetite because of something going on here? You just couldn't eat. Come on, anybody ever been there? Maybe it was the death of a loved one or something of that nature. And just began to long. There was something you just didn't want to eat. Some of you saying, I ain't ever been in that place. I've always wanted to eat. But they said that there was something in her that longed and she'd 
He said, it's the same way these disciples aren't fasting now because the bridegroom's with them. But there's going to come a day in time that they will need to fast, meaning Jesus being taken up and in, into heaven and that there will be a longing in them that says, I need a closer relationship with God. I'm starting to feel distant from the Lord. Any of you believers ever felt distant from God? You know what he said to do? Fast. Push the plate aside. Turn the TV off. Don't watch sports. Quit doing your hobbies. Push everything you, you love away. Amen. We fall in love with things we should only be liking, enjoying. Our passions get detoured, get off of God and get on us. And if everything you do in your world pleases you, you're doing it wrong. There ought to be something that you says, I want to please him. I, I want to know the Lord. Come on, is anybody hearing me tonight? That's what fasting is for. To push your desires away from your table. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to fast. Look back at him and say, you need to fast too. Glory to God. We need to fast. We need to separate ourselves. How many know that? Separate. Why? A longing for his presence. If we're not careful, we'll live for God for us. We'll go to church for us. We'll pray for us. We'll do everything for us. We go to church because we don't want to go to hell. We pray because we want God to do what we can't do. You know what? There's a moment for that. But there ought to be a moment that says, I'm not here for anybody but you. This is the service of the Lord. I've come to praise him. I've come to magnify him. I'm getting on my knees. I want to know him. I want to be closer to God. Come on. How many want to be closer to the Lord tonight? Amen. Brother Malik, I've learned over the years that when I give, God always gives back to me. No matter how much I've sacrificially given, God has given all back to me. That's just a fact. And you know what? The Lord spoke to me one day. I was, I was, I was walking down the sidewalk and God spoke to me one day and he, 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 he spoke to me. He said, he said, would you give the way you give if I didn't give it all back to you? I said, Lord, I'd like to think I would. But every time I've ever given from the time I was just a tot in church, he's always given way beyond what I've ever given him. We can't just give because we know we're going to be blessed for it. There's got to be a moment that we want to serve him in our sacrificial giving. Amen. I'm not just getting up in the morning and praying because I want God to save my family. No, God, I want you to know there's a voice down here in an in a immoral world and society that's turned their back on Christianity. God, I want you to know with everybody doing what they're doing, I'll stand with you. I'm believing with you. God, I'm, I'm, I'm on your team. I want you to know I'll live holy. I will be pleasing to you. Isn't that what happened with Moses? Or excuse me, Noah. God's ready to destroy everybody on the planet. Even their imaginations were evil. Evil inventions, evil thinking. Did not retain God in their knowledge. And God looks down in the fury and he says, I wish I'd have never made man. He's angry. He, he's got indignation because of the way people are being and the things that they're doing. They don't even think of God. And the Lord repented. The Bible says in, in the book of Genesis that God repented that he ever made man. And all of a sudden, somewhere down in the corner somewhere, hey, hey Lord, it's me. 
Lord, they can do what they're doing, but I'm not going to do what they're doing. I'm going to walk in your ways. I'm going to live the way you want me to live. If everybody in my family decides not to live for you, God, I'm on your side. I'm going to walk the way you want me to walk. I'm going to talk the way you want me to talk. I'm going to live the way you want me to live. Somebody say amen. I want you to say this. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You need to quit fretting about what everybody else is doing and start doing something about what you can do. As for me and my house, we're going to pray. We're going to learn his word. We're going to live righteous. We're going to condemn sin. And we're going to be what God wants us to be. And the Bible says that God, excuse me, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Brother Jeremy is powerful. You may be seated. Brother Jeremy, watch this. God spared the whole earth. For one man, his wife and his kids and who they married. You tell me if God's grace isn't powerful. When God was done flooding the earth, there was only eight left on the earth. Only eight. But he did it because one man. You walk into your high schools, you feel different because everybody else is doing what they're doing. Living where they're living. They call you all kinds of names. You remember, Noah found grace. Do not base what you do on what everybody else is doing. Straight is a gate and there is a way which leads to life and few there be that find it. Don't base your decisions on the crowd. Base your decisions on the Lord. Base your, come on, I'm talking to you parents as well. Amen. You parents think you've got to buy your kids things because that's what your brother bought his kids. What the neighbor got their kids. What you saw in some commercial somewhere, some pop-up on the internet. That's what they're buying their children. Don't you get involved with what culture's doing. You need to get involved with what God's doing for your children. Come on, I feel like preaching to you tonight. We can't let sin in our homes no matter what the enemy is doing. I want somebody to shout hallelujah. Now, now listen, you begin to understand the heartbeat of Moses. Moses began to say to God, I'm trying not to read a lot of verses tonight. I want you to get the point, explain some of this. The Lord, Moses said unto the Lord in Exodus 33 and 12, See, Lord, see thou sayest unto me, bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. You told me to send the people, but God, you haven't let me know who's going with me yet. Thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. God, I know you told me that you know my name and that I found grace in your sight. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now. How many of you want to pray this way? Everybody say, show me now thy way. Do you want grandma's way or you want God's way? It works better when grandma's way was God's way. But it's not always that way. He said, I pray thee, I have found grace. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee. It's interesting. To know God, you have to know his way. You can't know God and not know his word. You can have giftings and talents and all these things. I've been to places where I knew I knew the singer that was singing with the gospel group and knew him from school and knew that he would tell you that he wasn't a believer that he partied on the weekends but he said I sing in the gospel group because it gives a good paycheck. Just because you sing it 
doesn't mean you live it. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want anybody singing to me that's not living it. Amen. Somebody shout amen. amen. And consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence shall go with thee. Somebody shout hallelujah. And I will give thee rest. Moses, I'm with you. My presence is going with you. I'll give you. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not a pence. What he was saying was, God, if you're not leading, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to go. I'm going to go where you lead. Are there any families that way here tonight that said, I'm just going to go where God leads? I mean, want God to lead your family, God to lead your decisions. Hey, listen, don't take the job out of state if God hadn't led you to that. Don't make a big change. Don't buy the house if God didn't lead you to do it. It goes on and says, For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated. Everybody said made holy. I and thy people from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight. He goes on and he says, and he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. Moses, I'm going to visit you and my goodness is going to pass before you. He said, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. Are y'all following along? All right. He said, He said, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me. Moses, I've heard your prayer. I've seen your desire to seek my way and my word and my will and my presence. Moses, I've got a place preserved for you. By me. I want everybody to take your hand and just do like this. And say, there's a place beside God for me. There's a place that God has prepared for each of us here tonight. It's a place of relationship. It's a place of knowing Him. It's a place of God speaking to us and knowing His will for our life. Can I tell you, in that place, there's clarity. There's direction. There's love. There's mercy. How many know there's forgiveness? Everybody shout, I want to be in that place. He said, and the Lord said, Behold, there's a place by me that thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock. I've got this place for you preserved. And uh, come up here for a moment and... and, uh, Set, set in this spot. Set in my seat. I got this place for you, Moses. And, and uh, God's speaking to him. You have to be reminded, a few verses before this, the Bible does say they talk to God face to face, but it's not talking about visibly face to face. It's talking about conversation, man to man. Because he goes on just a few verses, and I read it. If you see, you see God's face, what's going to happen? Come on, all you Bible students, what's going to happen? You'll die. And he said, Moses... I've got a place in the cliff of the rock. I'm going to come by and I'm going to put all of my goodness. I'm going to show you all these good things that I've done. 
He said, but I'm going to put my hand over your eyes. That when I pass by, you don't see the front side of me. You see the back side of me. I do not personally believe that Moses saw a physical man per se of the backside of God. I believe that what God was saying was Moses, I am showing you as an as a type of the things that I've done before mankind. Let's 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 just stop here for a minute. Let's think for a minute. How do we know about creation? How do we know? We have a word of God. Who wrote that chapter in Genesis? Everybody say Moses. Did you know Moses was not there at creation? I'll take it a little further. Did you know Adam was not there until the sixth day? How do we know? That in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. The darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit moved upon the face of the waters. And God said. And there was. And it was. Good. The goodness of God. See that? All the days was the goodness of God. I believe in the cliff of the rock that God said to Moses. Now bear with me a little bit tonight in my teaching. That God says to Moses. I am going to show you what no man has ever seen or heard. I'm going to reveal to you the backside of me and put my goodness before you. And isn't it amazing, as the Bible tells us in Scripture, that all Scripture, how many believe all Scripture, is given by inspiration of God. Amen. Profitable for doctrine or teaching. Amen. There's another verse that says, Holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. I think you ought to thank God for His Word. Praise God. I believe that at that moment God revealed to Moses and Moses began to write. He didn't just write the Ten Commandments and Levitical Law, those first five books of the Bible, what's called the Pentateuch. He didn't just write that. He wrote all the way back and said, in the beginning God created Why? Because God said, I've got a place for you that I'm going to reveal who I am and what I've done to you. You know what? Moses was hungry. I just feel like stopping here. Is there anybody in the room that wants that type of revelation that you are hungry for what God wants for your family, for your generation, for your city? Come on, for your country. I believe God has a plan. I really do. I believe God has a plan. So God reveals to Moses that which was behind. And he says to him, if you see my face, you can't see my face because if any man sees my face, he's going to what? So God sees the hinder part. Moses sees the hinder parts of God because he let him pass by and his glory. How many know at creation he showed his glory? Praise God. I need to move on here. When you begin to study, you'll find that Moses had a place with God. Somebody shout a place with God. Let's look at Revelation tonight. Grab your Bibles tonight and turn to the book of Revelation. I know this is a little bit different for Sunday night, but I just feel to obey the Lord. I feel revelation here. Revelation chapter 1. Let's look at something. 
John, known as John the what? Yeah, John the Beloved, John the Revelator. He's thrown on the Isle of Patmos to be tortured by the waves. How many know that story? He's a preacher of the gospel. He's walked very close with Jesus Christ. Some believe he was the closest disciple of Jesus. John was called John the Beloved, or John who spoke a lot about love and a relationship with God. John finds himself on the Isle of Patmos being tortured and persecuted for being a preacher of the gospel. Being persecuted. They, they would say that on the Patmos the, 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 the waves would beat. The waves would beat. The waves would beat till it would literally drive a man crazy. He said, but I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I turned, verse 12, excuse, excuse me, uh, verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Somebody shout, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to stop and preach this for a moment here. You're going to have some of those days. You're going to have Isle of Patmos days. You're going to have war days. You're going to have opposition days. You know what you need to do? I'm going to get in the spirit on the Lord's day. I will rejoice because no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Amen. For all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose. I've got some trials, but what is this trial going to lead me to? I've got some opposition, but where is this pain going to take me? Some believe, some believe, amen. Come here. You're Moses, now you're going to be Apostle Paul. Some believe that when they took him out and, and, and uh, they hit him with stones because he's a preacher of the gospel. Fall down, that was a hard stone. That was a good hit. And they pounced him with stones until, until they covered him up. Covered him up. I'm going to be here all night trying to cover you up with these tissues. Amen. They killed him. It appeared that he had died. They had hit him with so many stones that they stoned him and left him for dead. They did. They thought it was over. How many know he comes out of that later? Gets out and starts preaching. Some believe when he writes about, about the revelation that he received, he said, whether I was in the, in the body or out of the body, I don't know. He said, but the Lord took me to a place. And I saw a man and I knew a man. God revealed himself to me and gave me revelations that did not come from man, but the revelations came from God. Can I tell you, if you're going through something, don't let the trial go to waste. You get up and rejoice and say, something's coming out of this. They might be trying to destroy me, but God's going to reveal something to me. Somebody shout, God's going to reveal something. Amen, amen, amen. God takes hardship. And so John on the Isle of Patmos, you may be seated. John on the Isle of Patmos is being tortured by the waves. And then he said, I was in the spirit. Waves are crashing against me. My mind is scattered because of the torturous place that I'm in. But I was in the spirit. I want everybody to shout, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying I am 
How many know this is Jesus speaking? Come on, say it with me. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in the book. Send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna and Pergamos, unto Thyatira, unto the Sardis, and, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. He is being tormented through persecution. Tormented by the trouble of this life. And then God visits him, visits him, and takes him to a place. He said, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with garment down to the foot and gird about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet likened to fine brass as if they burned into a furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell down at his feet as dead. My God, it'd be like preaching. Hallelujah. Because he had told Moses no man can see his face and live. He put his hand on his eyes and he said, I've got to cover your eyes. There's some things I cannot reveal to you. I'm going to show you my past. I'm going to show you what I've done. But my friend, when John got into the presence of God, he said, I'm going to show you how I'm going to end this thing. I'm going to show you the end of this. I'm going to show you the result of Calvary. I'm going to show you the result of grace and mercy. And he unfolds to him the book of Revelation, streets of gold, gates of pearl, walls of jasper. Come on, a throne that's surrounded by the seats of 24 elders that said, I know one that's worthy who has shed his blood for us. Is there anybody in this room that's glad that God has prepared a place for you. Somebody had to get hungry for the relationship with God. I am convinced that when the Lord walked with his disciples, yes, they loved him. Simon Peter walked with him for three and a half years. But there was something about John that said, I just want to get a little bit closer to him. I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. Oh, I want to know him. I wonder what would happen, young people, in some services that we dismissed and you lingered in this altar like we did, like we do. God spoke to me a while back. He said, my people do not linger like they used to. We come in, feel the presence of God. We feel good, we go home. But I'm talking about God wants, a, wants somebody to get hungry for his presence again. To where when everybody else is going to Taco Bell and Applebee's and Cracker Barrel if they're still open, that there's somebody gets on their knees and say, God, I don't know all there is to know yet. I want to know your ways. I believe you got a purpose for my life. I'll never forget being a young youth pastor in West Virginia. Had a young man I'd pick up on Sundays. I, I'd drive my mom's, mom and dad's car down the road and pick him up. I, I'd drive up the hill, go up the hill, and sometimes in the winter, Brother Brian, I'd be sliding backwards because of ice on the road. Every Sunday I'd pick him up. He wore the same suit jacket every single Sunday. All he had was one suit and outfit, but he wanted to, he, that's just how he wanted. Nobody pressured him to do that. He, he saw the preachers wear a suit and tie, and he would, he'd wear the one suit jacket every, every Sunday, almost a purplish tint to it, I, I remember. 
I pick him up. I pick him up. He, his home was busted up. It, it, was a, it wasn't a good atmosphere. Uh, he'd come to church. and There was something about this young man. He loved God. It's not that you don't love God if you go to Taco Bell or Applebee's and you can say amen to that too. But there was something extra that was in him when everybody else was headed out to eat pizza. Have I lost y'all tonight? Are y'all with me this evening? When everybody else is going out to the pizza party and I, I realize on my lands, we got a volleyball thing back here tonight, don't we? I can't eat up your volleyball time. I, I need to hit this. But I watched this young man, Brother Tyler. I was the pastor's son and youth pastor. I'd make sure, I'd make sure the doors were locked and the temperature was reset. I start turning off the lights and all of a sudden I'd <laughs> But I wonder, wonder who's still here. And I, I walk in. I know I heard somebody praying. I, <laughs> I'd hear it. I had to go back into the sanctuary. I look, and there was feet sticking out behind the baptismal. There he was. Everybody else is gone to the restaurant. He's seeking God. I remember one one service dismissed and turned the lights off. The sanctuary went out and checking the doors, make sure they're all locked. I heard a noise down the Sunday school hallway and I was peeking through. Where's this, where's this voice coming from? Walked back and here he was when everybody else was leaving. He was finding a secret place with God. He's now the pastor of that church. His name's Sal Bree and married Alicia Macon from this church because hunger goes a long ways with God. Amen. The Bible talks about a full soul loatheth the honeycomb. That, what that means is if you're full of the things of this world, you'll never be hungry for the things of God. The preacher can preach and it's not interesting. Can I preach to you right now? Come to church so full, five hours of video games and two minutes of uh, two verses of the chapter. Expect God to use you. He's not going to use you. He's going to bypass you. He's going to go to somebody that's hungry. He'll go to the person that's not talented and not gifted. That, 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 Maybe even stutters a little bit like Moses did, but God said he's hungry. And I'll take the hungry over the gifted any day of the week. That's what God's trying to preach to you right now. Are you hungry for a relationship with God? Come on, God will get somebody that doesn't have all the knowledge and all the upbringing you did. But he's just looking for somebody that's hungry for his presence. They want to know the ways of God. Tonight, I preach to you. There's a verse in the book of Psalms. and I'll be done in a few moments. I'm really not trying to go long. I just know what God has put in my spirit. I heard my kids quoting the last few days, doing, doing some quoting with them. But Psalms, Psalms chapter uh, 5, verse 3. I think I got the wrong verse. Hold on one second here. Chapter 4, verse 3. It says, but know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. Teenagers, listen. The Bible said the Lord sits apart. Come up here, Michael. Michael, run up here with the pastor. God looks out into a church and he sees somebody wanting to live godly. He sees somebody trying their best. Doesn't mean they're perfect, but they want to be godly. God says, I'll take him. Can grow up in dysfunction, but they're godly. 
imperfect, make mistakes, but they're godly. They, their heart is after God. Let me tell you something, son, and I know you come from a good family, but you hear me right now. We need young men and young ladies. We need elderly people that say, I know I've come from a crazy mess, but God, I want to be godly. I want to be pleasing to you. There's a place for you. God said, I'll set them apart. He said, I'll set them apart. Why? So I can use them for my purpose. So go ahead. You can watch all the football games and consume yourself with all the Hollywood and do all of that. Go to church and sing your shallow song to the Lord. But God's looking for somebody that's hungry. Let us say, God, I don't care about the cares of this world any longer. Lord, I'll treat that on the side. But God, I want to know you. I'm going to pray more than I've ever prayed. Is there anybody that hungry tonight that you're willing to push some things aside to say, I want to know you? Is there anybody here? It doesn't matter if you were raised in a crack house. It doesn't matter if you were raised as a bartender's daughter. It doesn't matter. When you get hungry for God, God said, I've got a place for you. It doesn't matter that there was dope on your breath a week ago. And somewhere between then and now, you've decided to change and to turn your ways to the Lord. I come to tell you, God has a place for you. And while I'm preaching, the devil's doing everything he can to distract you. When you walk out of this building tonight, he's going to send everything he can. Everybody in your world to try to pull you back into mediocrity and complacency and just being comfortable and just being casual. But I believe under the sound of my voice, there's an army of hungry believers that are rising up that says, I want to know God. I want to know the Lord. I can't get the thought out of my head, Brother Nehemiah. It's been in my mind for a few days. Is you, if you're a believer, you better have convictions. Things ought to bother you. It ought to bother you the way we're going in the world today. It ought to bother you the immoral chaos that's going on. Oh, I know God. When's the last time you wept over a sinner? When's the last time you wept over the lost? When's the last time you wept over somebody in your family that doesn't know God? We gotta get hold of the Lord tonight so we get the compassions and the passions of God again. That we love the things of the Lord again instead of the things of the world. Stand to your feet all over the building and say, I wanna know him. There is a place with God where he revealeth secrets. It's not the will of God to be like the world. That's what everybody else is doing. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It matters what he's doing. I want everybody to say this with me tonight. I realize I preach with a burden and with passion. But God would have me to tell you he has a place reserved. God forbid at the anchor tonight that he's looking for somebody to stand in the gap of a missions field and he can't find anybody. God forbid, Brother Nehemiah, that God has a prepared revival for Beverly, Ohio and can't get anybody to get off there. Get out of there, lazy boy. Drinking out of sanctified teacups. In the little blessed world, you feel the burden for a city that doesn't have a witness. What I'm preaching, Sawyer, 
I'd rather you be a Bible study teacher than a multi-millionaire. Eternity matters. Oh, God. If God makes you a multi-millionaire, make sure you give to the kingdom. Make sure you push missionaries. Because that's the heartbeat of God. And nothing wrong with being wealthy. As long as you don't let, let wealth control you. But you need to get involved in the kingdom. Hey, Moses. Let me show you how I made man. Hey, Moses. I pulled a rib out of his side and he made Eve. That was the paradise of there was no, Brother Gene, there was no pain. There was no suffering. There was no, they were clothed in my glory. I told him, don't touch the tree. Hey, Moses. I told him, don't touch the tree. It's the knowledge of good and evil. It's, it's the wisdom of man. It's the wisdom of limitations. It's, it's what puts man on the moon. Causes doctors to do great heart surgeries. But also, people end up leaning on that instead of me. Listen, Moses, all I've ever wanted to be was the Lord of their life. Where they were dependent upon me in relationship. Walking with them. I would come down the day and walk with them in the cool of the day. Me and Adam and Eve. To that old snake serpent. Started luring them away to man's ways. That would later be what invents evil things. I don't have time tonight. I feel so pressured. I don't want to be. Because I don't want to ever be a long-winded preacher. But I feel this tonight. Y'all feel what I feel? Moses! Thank you. Got a plan for them. But in every paradise, there's an option. Young people, as much as I'd love to lock the door and keep you in church forever, I can't. The door of God's house means it's open both ways. You study it, that's what it means. There's no such thing as a Christian cult. Nobody's making you do this. That's a fact. you got to live for God on your own accord and love God. That's all I can do is, is teach people to love people. You know what I've learned? I'm a pastor. It doesn't make me have all the answers. Sometimes I go to the altar and I say, God, I don't know what to do. It's almost like God speaks back to me and says, tell them to seek me and I'll give them the answer. God doesn't want me to be God in your world. God wants to be God in your world. He wants to reveal to you. My job is not to tell you what to do. My job is to tell you how you can get to Him. That's my job. Go to Him. He's got the answer. Learn to listen to His voice. How many believe He can fix it? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1, he said, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech 
or of wisdom declaring unto you this, the testimony of God. He said, I didn't come with professional sermons. I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Let's not preachers. A lot of you in the building, let's not make the gospel complex. Get up in usual fancy words. So people think we're smart. If you use words that they don't understand, you've missed the point. God didn't call us to be intellectual professionals where people think we're something. Quit trying to take glory. Are you hearing what I'm preaching? Jesus was the wisest of all and he was very simple in his delivery. He said, Save to know nothing among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. If you only understood the true heart of a true preacher, he didn't get in here just casually preaching the sermon. No, he feels like every message is eternal. If I don't get it right tonight, somebody can miss. Watch verse 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in what? 1 Corinthians 2. Four. I thought they were following along. But in demonstration, everybody shout of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. There should be a demonstration of his power. Come on, we ought to feel conviction. We ought to feel stirred. Sinners should feel that they need to be saved. One denomination just saw an article that says, is in this denomination that said where you don't even have to be a believer in God to be a part of forgetting the Bible that says except you believe that I am he you shall die in your sins come on we didn't come to agree with everybody we've come to lead everybody to the Savior and we all need a Savior Bible says in verse 7 but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew for had they known it they would not have crucified the Lord of glory talking about the leaders of this world but as it is written I have not seen everybody say it with me I have not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the hearts of man the things which God hath for them that but God, watch this, hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Do you know that while eye cannot see and ear cannot hear can be revealed by the Spirit of God? This is what I have for you. It's the book of Revelation. It's more than that. I'm going to take it on a, ta- on a tailored place. God says to the anchor church, this is what I have for you. How many believe there's great things for this church? Thank God. It's going to grow like you've never seen it grow. It really is. Are you ready? For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. I realize not everybody in the room might have understand what I preach tonight, but I've, I've come to preach to a, a group of core saints to tell you, get hungry for God. There's more of God that He has for you. God wants to reveal more to you. Do you believe that? For what man knoweth the things of a man, 
For what man knoweth the things of a man? Say the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. How are you going to know God with intellect? I had a guy told me one time, he said, I went to seminary for four years. He said, I don't know anything about the Bible. He said, I lived in sin the whole time I was in seminary. He said, I was an unrighteous sinner. He said, don't ever assume because I got a four-year degree from Bible college, I know anything. He said, because I sought it out of man's mind instead of God's spirit. You can't study the Bible the way you do arithmetic and English and literature and history. No, no, no. You got to get on your knees and open and say, God, I'm hungry to know you. Would you reveal to me your word and your spirit? I just want to know, is there anybody in this room getting what I preach and says, I'm hungry for God. I'm hungry for the Lord. Is there anybody lift your hands to the Lord and say, I'm hungry for you? What is it you would say to me? What is it you would speak to my spirit? Oh! Oh, God! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody in the room, I want you to open your heart to the Lord. And say, I want to know God. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, give myself to you. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself. I give myself away. Come on, God's calling. I give myself away. So you. God has more for you, sir. God has more for you, ma'am. Give myself so you can use me. Give myself away. Come on, you're not too old to know him. Let your heart search for God. <laughs> Oh, 